On 11-16, SEM, the Four Diego's. Calpilar whips it in. Opportunity maybe for Tracy. It's bouncing around in there. Barisha! And then it drops out there for Austin, who scores for Melbourne victory. Mitch Austin. It was bobbling around in there. And on the left boot, it just opened up a gap. And he rifles it home. And victory have the lead. No one able to make fair contact in there. Hasn't been dealt with by the victory defence yet. Still bobbling around in there. Jumping around, in it goes, and in the back of the net, and the equaliser. And there will be a share of the points. The Raw finds something right at the death. It's Brisbane Raw 1, Melbourne Victory 1. And there you have it. Welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. Nice to hear Francis Leach and Alan Hunter, the SEN call team, Kicking off the A-League season for 2016-17. Welcome to the show, Rodrigo Rodriguez, with you on a Friday night. G'day, Vinny Venezuela. Hello, Rodrigo. You're here as well. You don't look as happy as you were oh, about 15 <laughs> minutes ago. I was. I have been happier yeah. this evening. Yes, and Warren, you almost look cock-a-hoop. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, as I've said before. You've got to have a team. There's only... You've got to have a team, Carlos. That's first first yep. of all. So you've got to have a team. And uh, for a Melbourne City fan, that's as much fun as you can have having your clothes on. I'll tell you. And I'll tell you now, I've got news for Melbourne Victory fans, Carlos. It might be a new season. I haven't been introduced yet, Warren. What are you like directing same, stuff at me for? The same old soft underbelly of the <laughs> Melbourne Victory. We saw it again tonight. Nothing's changed. They're in, I think... For a really difficult season. That's my prognosis early on. Can oh, I, um, before I slam that and just put it where it should be. Ignore it, Carlos. Uh, you know how I said I was Perth Glory on, because uh, yes. I've got to have a team. And I've yeah, yeah, never had yeah. a team before. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've got to, and I declared that Perth was going to be my team on Wednesday. Well, I'm changing it. Oh, really? Yeah. They haven't even played. Brisbane Raw. <laughs> Brisbane Raw is my team. You can the way they came home with ten men and got that one right at the end. And by the way, you know you're a, you're a, you you fair income Warren. You are a joke. <laughs> you are a joke. Melbourne Victory, a soft underbelly. Yep, they can't. Ca- oh. It was a toe poke out of nothing in the end. No. They had played well enough to really, you know, and, and at the end of the day, really put that game to bed. They did it. It's it's still rusty from a long preseason. It's the curse of Ballymore. They they, 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 they went Ballymore. <laughs> that's where. That's that's the name that's, of the ground. Oh, is that the proper name yeah, of the ground? Yeah, is it proper name? Yeah, Get I, your I, facts I, right, I, I no, I equate Ballymore to rugby. Right, Suncorp is football. <laughs> yep, Ballymore is rugby. Suncorp's a bank, Carlos. Yeah, actually, well, they, they call it Lang Park. Lang Park. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, I thought it was a, just a super entertaining game. I know Melbourne Victory fans out there might not agree with me, but it's well, the first game of the season. Well, you know, Soft it, underbelly. Is first, it is the first game of the season. It is the final whistle. And tonight's show is brought to you by uh, Tax Talk. Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy, uh, St Monica's in Epping. Welcome along to our sponsors. Look forward to a fantastic A-League season. Uh, Brisbane Roar and Melbourne Victory were one all in the end with uh, Mitch Austin scoring in the 82nd minute and Luke Devere in the 96th minute. Uh, the ref tonight, uh, Warren, was Sean Evans. It was at Suncorp Stadium. We're still uh, getting a handle on the crowd. It looked okay. 
in a you know fifty five thousand seat stadium. It looked okay, about no. fifteen. You can get eighteen or nineteen in there, which is a decent football crowd and looks like two thousand people. I wish they could do something with that with Bellymore. I wish they could do something with Bellymore to make a, a decent crowd look decent. Okay. In there. Anyway, so, well, yeah, they need a smaller stadium, Carlos, <laughs> probably. That's probably what they need. Uh, look, we're going to pick this game apart, but um, look, uh, just give us a call, 942 911 16, or send us a text message, uh, 0433 What is the hotline tonight, gentlemen? I think it's a uh, love this game hotline because it's the A-League season kickoff game, but it could be, geez, I'm spewing hotline. <laughs> it could be the, what was the other one, Carlos? Heartbreak hotline. Heartbreak hotline. Grabbing the know. draw out of the jaws of victory hotline. <laughs> Let's just call it the love this game hotline yeah, because right. we we're back. Even though it was painful for victory fans out there, it's only the first game of the season. It's a marathon. Don't worry. I thought they played well enough to get the three points tonight anyway, even though Warren has a problem with a referee who sent off a Brisbane Raw no, no. player. He says incorrectly, but if you're grabbing shirts after getting a yellow card, well, you know. Do you want me to expand on the soft underbelly theory of Melbourne victory? They can't keep a lead. They can't keep a lead, Carlos. They they constantly. Constantly? Constantly. Regularly. Well, their last two games, they've conceded a lead with no time on the clock. Yep. Just last two games. Melbourne City never did that, did they? See. This, no, I don't see. I have the same problem. Don't see me. I have me. the same problem with my wife. I wasn't talking about <laughs> Melbourne City. <laughs> oh, yes, you were. No, I wasn't. I was talking about Mr. Melbourne Victory. For, for, for a Melbourne City fan, this is the most fun you can have without your clothes on. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Love this game hotline, the heartbreak hotline, whatever yep. you want to call it. We'll leave it up to you. Nine four two nine. Eleven sixteen. Hey, Ali's called in the first caller on the final whistle for 2016-17 from Vermont. G'day, Ali. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm a frustrated victory fan. Oh. And uh, don't worry about the soft underbelly. Tell me which idiot told the team to play the ball back to the goalkeeper with seconds left when three times they had a chance to have a shot on goal. Yeah, look, Ali, look, you know, I'm not sure anyone told them, Ali. No, no. I, look, I, I think they they back each other and they and they want to play in tight situations and uh, and really, you know, look, Brisbane Raw, even when they went down to ten men, are, are really formidable. They they actually are, are quite a good side with Holman in that team now, and uh, Christensen's another one who looks like he could actually play a bit. Uh, and I thought Victory, especially in the first twenty minutes or so, really pushed put them under a lot of a fair bit of pressure. And you've got to look at the positives here too, Ali. You know, Mitch Austin, I think James Donicky can get better. Uh Jason Garrier was very, very good for you. Um, you know, I thought uh, you know, uh Carl Valeri's back in the team. Barisha was quiet tonight, but I, I just thought, you know, there's a lot of improvement there and they should have got the three points in the end if they if they a little bit more conservative at the end there, and defended a little bit tighter on their men in that in the in the penalty area. They could have got away with three points, uh, even against a very very good side. So I can understand why victory fans would be very very upset right now. Uh, but it's, it is only the first game of the season, and irrespective of what Warren says, they don't have a soft underbelly. They've just they've just had a, a few moments in a, in a couple of games, and I don't think that's a pattern to worry about. You know, I think that something was happening today with anything and everything to do with Australian football because uh, same thing happened to the Socceroos. They gave away a 2-1 lead. And, uh, not in the 95th minute. No, the but, but at, the end of, at, the, at the end of the game, towards the end, it all went pear-shaped. No. You've got to concede at some stage, Vinny, whether it's 96th minute or 80th minute or 50th minute. You're going to concede. That's what football's all about. And I don't think there's 
any reason for people to go overboard with the way victory conceded at the last minute there? Thanks for your call there, Ali. Just a quick text message here. The crowd was 15,805. That's not bad. It isn't Ballymore. Now, I no, wasn't too sure. You're right. That's my... a different ground uh, for thank rugby. Thank you very much, Daninio. And Lang by the Park, way, Lang Park. By the way, welcome back, Daninio, yeah, from, from Sydney. Sydney. Thank you very much. If that's his first contribution, no, thanks no. very much. Oh, well, he, he was a regular contributor. No, I know, contributor. but first this year. Yeah, but I, I had a feeling it was Lang Park. <laughs> Ballymore scared me, but I, yeah. did, I didn't have the guts to challenge you. But anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, 942-911-16, it is the Heartbreak Hotline, or, or we love this game hotline, whatever you want it tonight. Um, Jamie's in Richmond. G'day, Jamie. Welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. How you going, guys? Yeah, really well, mate. I thought it was a really good opening game, so you know, I'm not disappointed at all. Hang on, let Jamie have his say. Yeah, no, you asked me how I was. I'm just telling you, Jamie. Can I go on for five minutes to tell you how good I feel right now? Yeah, go for it. No, no, you go ahead. Guys, victory seemed to refuse to take the ball to the corner flag in the dying minutes of the game. Every every time I've seen with a lead, like a one-goal lead, uh, the, the 90th minute, they refuse to take the ball to the corner flag. Jamie, you know what? You should be in here right now. You're pretty close by. You could take Carlos's spot because you know what? You're 100% right. There's a soft underbelly at victory. They don't know how to close out games. Taking the ball to the corner flag and wasting time and having a soft underbelly are completely different things. Warren? Mr. Bellymore? Jamie, what do you think? I think it's the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> yes, there you go. So, hey, no, so victory. Uh, sorry, uh, Jamie. So you think victory of there's a bit of a cancer there that uh, that's it's it's sort of in there and it's endemic and and in, it's something that's uh, that's well established that, that's really affecting the team winning or is it just one of those things that happened tonight? Well, right at the end, before uh, Brisbane had the counter attack that uh, gave him the free kick, they had a chance to go to the corner flag. And he's turned and come back inboard and started passing the ball around. Take it to the quarter flag. Waste those dying seconds. I've got to say, that's not something I've ever seen Muskie do. And I think your team is, 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 is sort of built in the image of the coach. And I can't, I mean, they've got a philosophy that they go at people all the time. I mean, you even see the Socceroos, for example, and Nance Postacoglu, you never see any time wasting of any sort there. Even when they're 1-0 or 2-0 up, they don't take it to the corner flag. So it's just a philosophy, Jamie. I mean, I, I heard Muskie talk during the week at the launch, at the Melbourne Victory launch, about the philosophy of the club. It's not his philosophy, it's not the players' philosophy, philosophy but it's what the, the fans and the club you know, the, the fabric of the club demands that they attack at all times. And you look, you know, you, you may be right that sometimes they need to be more pragmatic and they need to be, you know, more uh, almost clever about how they go about it. But, you know, for me, I'd rather a team go at people and, and try and score as many goals as possible. And if, you know, every now and again they're going to concede late and, and give away a couple of points, well, so be it. The, the foul at the end of the game, Broxham's foul was a bit unfortunate, and you know you could you could also make the claim that he probably could have didn't need to take the guy down and give yeah, away. But a free it wasn't kick. unfortunate; it was a foul. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying it was unfortunate that it happened there, right there. It could have been a foul for anywhere else in the park, and you wouldn't care. But that's right. The the timing of that foul and the the execution of it and, and the whole result is not a good one. Mm. Thanks, Jamie, for your call. And it's really, 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 really good that within the first five callers of our first show for this season, I had somebody come on and support me <laughs> in my analytical. That's the only, way, the only one game. you're going to get for the season. 
John from Port Melbourne on the text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Gosh, three seconds in and Warren's already revealing his massive chip on his shoulder. Yep. There you go. That's that just kind of balances. John a would bit. support who? Oh, I reckon he might support. Uh, so Patrick. he's a little bit like Finney tonight, who's normally very, very, very nice to me. He's a bit, <laughs> he's a bit touchy because he knows. A bit touchy. There's a pattern developing. You're just being provocative. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call, like John in Shepparton. G'day, John. Welcome to the final whistle. Oh, g'day, Diego. How are you going, boys? Really well, mate. Good, buddy. Listen, I'm just ringing. I'm ringing as a punter tonight. And do you know what? When the referee says there's five minutes of play left in the game, yep. and you've got and you've backed the Melbourne victory, <laughs> and the goal scored in the 97th minute, yep. you're a touch angry, I would have thought. <laughs> if I had that... Um, had that free kick, I wouldn't have thought. But anyway, it does hurt. And, and given, John, that victory aren't a team that waste time like they don't go deliberately uh you know go into time wasting mode so i was surprised when the, when the goal was scored nearly at the 97th minute mark given there was five minutes of uh of extra time uh allocated by the fourth official so uh i think you're right there and in that respect they're pretty unlucky i reckon knowing the pro- prowess of our corporate bookmakers out there they'll probably have a win and when a referee can't count money back guarantee carlos because they, they don't make these things up warren Things happen on the pitch, and they've got automatically out of thirty seconds. If, if there's a goal scored, for example, or the ball goes out of play, or there's a free kick or a substitution, there is an allocated num- uh, amount of seconds. All right, and there would have been one or two substitutions. I wasn't really taking notice because Warren was going on uh, in the green room, but uh, but that all soaks up extra time, and because they allocate five minutes of additional time uh, time added on. Stuff happens in that five minutes that actually make, makes the referee having to add more time on. So that's why it's got to 97, 97 minutes, which I felt was quite unlucky for victory. It would have just been nice if he blew the whistle straight after the free kick was taken, Carlos. That's all I'll say. <laughs> thanks, thanks, John, for your call. And just fair dinkum, I'm not allowed to go with this too early, but I could have refereed that match better off the television via satellite just very quietly. Shocking. Oh, Shocking. I look forward to your little segment coming up a little bit later on. Um, let's go to Gino in Deer Park uh, on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. G'day, Gino. Welcome to the show. G'day, mate. How you going? It's um, Gino here from Deer Park. I used to play with you, if you remember correctly. Gino? Yeah. Gino you know, Calarco. Anyway. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> how are you, mate? How are you, Gino? How are you going? Good, good, good. Just in regard, just quickly, in regards to the closing out of the game. Like, you know, me and you played together... And, you know, we're back to the Italian way of playing, let's say, the philosophy. And what I think the street smartness is missing yeah. out of the Australian game. Like, you know, that that that, that, that sort of sense of... Yeah, doing... cheating. You mean <laughs> cheating, falling to the ground when you're not hurt, just wasting time? Whatever it takes. Yeah. There's things that you can do. Yeah, you know, I, look... The corner flag. I, yeah. I don't agree with the corner flag yeah. situation either, but anyway... Yeah, maybe just just falling to the ground, acting like you got cramp or something. Uh, that, but, uh, do you know? There's a lot of uh, we've had a few callers already, you know, thinking that uh, we're a bit naive in that respect, and uh, and maybe we are. Who knows? But one thing that uh, I know that uh, is something that Australians, when they watch football, don't like. They don't like the time wasting tactics. They don't like uh, you know the diving. They don't like all that sort of stuff. And I sort of go with that too. I'm I don't barrack for victory, but 
I don't want a team like Victory to go and adopt those sort of tactics just to win a game. Just stick to your velocity, stick to going at teams. They were against 10 men. They were out-possessing Brisbane in that last five minutes anyway. And, uh, and for me, they were just a bit unlucky in the end. Gino, you're still there? I'm here, I'm here. I'm like letting you have your say, you know. Yeah, yeah. well, no, that's Carlos. I was letting him have your say too. Uh, I, mean, I did try and butt in, but there was no hope. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need to ask you a question. Uh, Carlos has told us that his career was <laughs> shortened, cruelly shortened by bad groins. Can yeah. you confirm or deny that? <laughs> Funny he says that because, like, that, that's what happened to me. Yeah. So I'm going to maybe uh, agree with him there. Yeah, me and Gino were really close. Groin buddies. Yeah, the, the groin brothers. And is that how you met the Hungarian masseuse that uh, Carlos uh, writes poetry about? She had a groin problem and nobody nobody could fix it. Yeah. Nothing they could do. So you just played on with it. You just lied. Yeah. That, to the coach and said, yeah, I'm fine every week. No, no, Gino, that's enough of my career now. Good on you, Good but, on you but Gino. thanks for the call, mate. Thanks for you know, the memories. <laughs> the memories of yesteryear. Thanks, Gino, from Deer Park. Hey, we're taking your calls right throughout tonight, 9429 1116. It's 22 minutes past 10. Now give me a beat. Vinny's Best on Ground. Yes, it is Vinny's Best on Ground. Just a little micro segment, as we call it. <laughs> and it's with thanks to Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts for over 26 years. Go to beston.net.au or call 1300 Beston. Make sure you see Mario and the team. Love their football, Mario yep, and the boys. Absolutely, at Beston. Best on Ground, Vinny Venezuela. Who is it? Well, do I get to explain it or do I just have to name it? You can. Can, exp- can I? Well, I'm going to explain it. It's your don't, segment. Don't even try and stop me because it's my segment. Uh, <laughs> back off, Rodrigo. I'm not saying you word. know, one of the greatest players the A League seen is Thomas Broish, but Thomas Broish was invisible tonight. Mm. I didn't see. I saw. I saw a silhouette here and there, <laughs> but hardly anything. And the reason I didn't see him was because Jason Guerrier was just uh, making him invisible. Yep. And so I'm going to give uh, the award to Jason Guerrier because I just think he did the job on Broishy, and uh, Broishy could have. He's a game changer, yep. but he wasn't tonight. What do you think, Carlos and Vinny? Uh, Warren? A- absolutely. I thought, he uh, I mean, it's people look at uh, these young players and they look at how they go about it with ball at feet or when they put a tackle in their But he actually did a real good covering job. And I know Alan Hunter was uh, was suggesting it during his commentary that uh, he was following Broish all around the park. A man mark. Yeah, it was almost a man-marking job, according to the uh, to the callers. And uh, and I think that's uh, something that would have been pre-planned by Kevin Muskin. And to give someone like Jason Guerrier that task, of course, Muskie must have a lot of trust in the guy. And I, I actually love the way Jason Guerrier is actually developing as a footballer. I think, and I've said this before, I think he's a, he's a right back right now, but I think he could be a, a really athletic, uh, you know, super quick centre-half. Uh, as he progresses through his uh, development as a footballer. There you go. Vinny Venezuela's best on ground is Jason Gary, or thanks to best on plumbing. Let's take a break now on a night where Melbourne Victory and Brisbane Raw shared the honours at one all. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Welcome back to the Four Diego's final whistle on this Friday night. Thanks for joining us. Give us a call on 9429 1116. It is the, what is the hotline tonight? Um, footy was too many. We've got so many. I love, I've this, love this game, love hotline, this game. or uh, heartbreak. heartbreak hotline, yeah, yeah. drama filled hotline, soft underbelly for victory hotline. <laughs> yeah. 9429. It's however you feel, really. 1116. Uh, Melbourne Victory, uh, geez, they had, a, they had a win. Yeah. They had a win just in their clutches and. Uh, 
Brisbane Roar decided in the 96th minute uh, to equalise. Uh, Mitch Austin scored for the victory first in the 82nd minute and Luke Devere then came on or then scored um, in the 96th minute. Uh, a crowd of 15,805 at Suncorp Stadium, uh, which we know is not Ballymore. It's actually Lang Park. <laughs> um, but 9429-1116, give us a call. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Carlos, you've uh, yes. got some Twitter yeah. action. action. At, at 40 Diego's, of course, you know, there's some fans out there who look beyond this moment. They can actually put things in perspective <laughs> and look at the fact that they've had a long pre-season. People are rusty. Uh, they're playing their first competitive, real competitive game for blood and guts today up here in, in, in hot, hot Brisbane. And they walk away with a draw. Okay, they conceded late in the game. But Susie Butler, a good friend of the Diego's on Twitter, she says, come on, four Diego's. Melbourne Victory will be taking out the Premiership and the Championship this year. I'll remind you of this at this season's end. On you, you Susie. You should, Susie. She could look beyond what's actually the score. And, uh, and understand that this club will be up there and competing for well, things at the end of the year. But she's kind of, you know, used a broad brush across two, the entire two all words. of this, hasn't she? No, no disrespect. Yeah. Well, what she means is the big Warren. mouth over no, here. No Warren big mouth. No disrespect to Susie. There's either one or two things happening. Total disrespect. She's either naive or delusional, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your feedback there, Susie. Hey, uh, 94291116. Nicholas is from Layla and he's waiting on the phone. G'day, Nicholas. Welcome to the final whistle. Yes, good, good evening to you all. Um, this is the first time I have watched this, uh, well, the first game of the season, I imagine. But uh, I, I'd like to congratulate to Brisbane. I think they deserve the draw. And to, I think Melbourne plays very bad. They, In my opinion, they can't pass the ball to one another. They're losing too many balls. It's just the same old thing, but they left from last season. I'm very disappointed, and, I, and mostly with Kevin Muscat. Yeah. Oh, look, they're, they're, look, there are definitely fans out there who feel that way, but it is only the first game of the season, and I thought there were signs at times. Uh, again, look at the individuals that have come into the squad. Mitch Austin, I thought, was very good. He got the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the goal to put him ahead in, uh, in that second half, and, of course, uh, you know, some of the younger guys. Uh, Alan Burrow, I thought, was very, very good. As a centre half, and Donaghy will get better. Yeah, John Donaghy will get better. I thought they they probably you know Brisbane dropped a couple of balls over the top of him and, and sort of made uh, Lawrence Thomas come off his line one too many times. But uh, look, I, you know, I don't think there's anything to really, really you know be worried about with victory. They conceded late in the game against ten men. Brisbane are going to be a good side this mm. year. I mean, with Holman and and uh, and Christensen in that midfield, uh, you know, I thought uh, their ball movement at different times and Broish, as Vinny said, wasn't even in the game tonight. I thought there was a lot to like about Brisbane Raw, and I think if you, if you if you're worried about victory, don't worry now. Wait for five or six games into the season, and then make your decision about uh, how you think they're going to go. Thanks for your call, Nicholas, and uh, very magnanimous of you at the start to congratulate Brisbane because yeah. uh, it's uh, nice to hear from it. Uh, and they played some an good stuff, club. Brisbane, at different times tonight. Yeah, look, I think uh, victory probably the first five minutes, I thought they were really going to take the game to them, but uh, Brisbane are also a fit, fit squad, and so mm. it was very high tempo first half, and credit to both squads, really. And, and I think Brisbane probably kept the ball a little bit better, but... Victory are always imposing and always dangerous. I, I still think the whole way it unfolded at the end was a little bit unlucky, but it, th these things happen in the game. But I still love the game. Mm. No Marco Rojas tonight. So, uh, yeah, he's got something something to give. New defensive pairing. So, look, if I put my 
analytical pundits hat on for a second and, and, well, and look nice. at it and look at it from an impartial point of view, you'd think there's good improvement in both teams. What what they lack, I believe, in the middle of the park is a bit of guile. They don't they don't have that I don't know, that, that person who can stand on that ball and, and pick passes and get people in like Barisha and so forth. And and Finkler was that type of player, even though he was very mobile type, but he used to be able to, you know, really find the forwards with some great passes going forward and, and maybe some through balls or some clever stuff in midfield. They don't seem to have that sort of play. Now, Valeri's very good. I think Bazanich is a good player. Um, who else do they have in there tonight? Um, they had um, Troisi. And these, these are good players, but I just don't know where there's enough you know, there's enough uh, you know, creativity. Yeah, that, thinking that, you know, creative just slowing type. things down a bit and finding, picking that right pass. Because everything's 100 miles an hour with victory. Mm. And that can look really great. But when, they, when they're a little bit off their game, it's probably not going to look as aesthetically pleasing as it should. 9429-1116, give us a call on the We Love This Game hotline or... Jeez, it was a tough game to watch right at the end there, hotline. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that too long <laughs> for, for victory hotline? Fans yeah, for victory fans. fans. 9429 Let's go to Stephen in Vermont. G'day, Stephen. Hey, boys. How you going? Yeah, very well, mate. How you going? Yeah, not too bad. I'm a victory fan. But, um, Are you upset, Steve? Are you upset? Stephen, I can tell by the tone in your voice yeah. you're a victory fan. Yeah, ah, that's all right. Um, I was just wondering about um, John Aloisi made a few interesting comments after the game. Yeah, I missed the comments because we were in the studio here, mate. So what did uh, what did he say? John, would you have been absolutely filthy if you walked away from this match without anything? Yeah, definitely. We're still upset because we thought that um, we were by far the better team. Other than the first 10 minutes, which we knew victory would come hard. But um, after that, we completely dominated. I don't even think they had a chance uh, after that. So we were disappointed that we didn't come over the three points. But we showed again our character. We showed that we're a side that uh, is going to go right to the end and we deserve something out of the game. There you go. Uh, just like magic, John Aloisi appears and uh, there you go. That's what he says. So, Steve. St- Steve, you were ups- upset with that? I was a little bit. I didn't think that. Yeah, I thought I thought victory probably was the better team, to be honest. And uh, he also, um, a bit later after after that, he also said about the refs. He was, the ref was, he was pretty disappointed as well, which I thought he had a decent game. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I... You know, um, Johnny Aloisi re- and the Aloisi brothers are very combative guys. Uh, they, they are super, super determined, super, super competitive. Uh, and, uh, and I think they probably felt they were a little bit aggrieved with the, the Mackay sending off. But if you look at it closely, Warren disagrees. With, but if, you look, if you're on a yellow card that was issued oh, correctly... On. And then you go and grab someone's shirt. Grab, grab. And this is not a kid we're talking about. This is Matty Mackay, who's had many, many years of experience. He's seen a lot in football. He goes and grabs a person's shirt, and then he, he cries blue murder when he gets sent off. Really? You know, for me, he should be, he should be fined by the club. That's irresponsible stuff. Well, throwing the armband at the ref. Yeah, that's um, the other thing. I think yeah. the FFA might really? have a bit of that. The other thing, even, even if... Uh... Mackay stayed on, which I think he should have gone as well. Borello got away with murder. That that tackle that yep. was hor- that was horrible. That could be that that could have been far worse, and it could end very bad. So they got very lucky they didn't go down to nine. I reckon. Yep. So there you go. Thanks. For oh, your let's call. make it seven as we go further through the. I mean, just 
Ridiculous do comments, you, do you, both do you, of you. Do you agree with John Eloisi, do you? Absolutely, that I do. That they were completely, they completely oh, outplayed no, victory. that part. Oh, well, that well, part. They can't that's, pick and choose. That's delusional, that part. So but hold, the, the commenting on the referee, I mean, the referee, as I've said, and I'll say again shortly, I could have refereed <laughs> better via satellite on a dodgy line. I mean, so, so it's okay. The Matt, it's Matt okay, McKay didn't grab it's the a, shirt. It's, it's okay on on a yellow card in such an important first up game where you've got to stand up as as a leader in that team. It's your two hundredth game, by the way. They've they've given you an award before the game, right? Your your, your wife and the kid is there, <laughs> right? Your and parents. Yeah, that kid is going to be scarred for life. He's no he's no older than eighteen months, but he witnessed that. He did. He did. His dad getting sent off. He'll never know to t- not to tug at a shirt. Yeah. He'll always know not to tug at a shirt. Yeah, Carlos. absolutely. Yeah. And that kid knows more about football than you do, Warren. Ooh, that so but, kid. but Warren Borello's foul, you can't be you can't can say that that wasn't he it was, was, a, it was, was lucky a, to stay on. It was a hard foul. He got a yellow card, Vinny. What else do you want? He should have got a red. But straight red. Straight red. He was nowhere near the yeah. ball and he got the back of the guy's car. Do you want to have games where we end up with 11 on 11 or 11 if v 10? If they're I mean, being undisciplined standard, and the behaviour's bad, yes. Based on your standard, we're going to end up 7 v 7. We might as well play it in an indoor stadium. Warren, if you go to Malaysia and you wear your undies, right, <laughs> and, you get, and, and the law says don't, wear, don't expose your undies in Malaysia, yep. you don't expose your undies in Malaysia because yep. that's the law. Is yep. that a law? Like, is that yeah, in that's the, statute? the, the undies yeah, law. That's why these okay. guys had to go to court. No, um, I didn't know there was a specific law. I thought it was about There generally, are rules we've got to follow. I think it was disrespecting the country. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's not clause, you know, 24.2, you know, subsection 3, the budgie law. <laughs> it's, you know, the budgie smugglers law. It's not that. It's just the general vibe of the, the thing. The vibe with regards <laughs> to exposure. Let's go to, uh, just uh, just quickly, Jared in Cheltenham. If Eloise was an AFL coach, he would have uh, a $20,000 fine to deal with uh, Geez, I haven't I haven't heard him bag the ref, but um, from what yep. uh, our caller said and what Jared's just said, um, here ref had a good game. I thought uh, the offside against uh, Corey Brown when he scored was a key moment from the linesman. So there you go. Do we have a response from Kevin Musket, or did he no, speak first? Not just yet, Carlos. We're we're uh, trawling the internet. Yeah, to, good because I'm I'm really interested to see what uh, Kevin Musket and he won't hold back either. No, no, it's going so, to be very interesting. The wash out of this wash up of this game. Hey, it's um, twenty one minutes to eleven. Come on, Warren's football tax audit. Yes, it's uh, time for Warren's football tax audit. Who's going to be audited, Warren, and who will get a refund? With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. Call one three hundred. 366639. Dom and the team at Tax Talk, look, they'll get you a refund if it's within the law, <laughs> of, of course. course. Um, and they'll make sure that. Uh, There's no promises you, there, Rodrigo. No, no, of course not. But um, no, if, if it's within the law, and they'll, they'll look after you. That's uh, Tax Talk, a very reputable uh, tax firm. And uh, Warren, um, this is yours. It's, yeah. it's your football tax yep, order. No, so what good, do you think? It's good that uh, Dom and the boys have come on and sponsored this segment. Apparently, in the negotiations around sponsorship, <laughs> this was a specific requirement. <laughs> That I would be doing this segment. And yeah. can I say, having been a person that's paid my fair amount of tax for all of my life, <laughs> I've never looked for anything. I really, really do like having this segment. So, people who should get audited. So, whoever the, uh, whoever the person is in central control room in Canberra with regard to tax, Sean Evans, definitely, the referee, <laughs> audit him, audit him. 
Knowing the referees have probably not got a lot to look at. And the other one for me, interesting, because they've probably got the, the strongest keeping combination of any team in the A-League. That's Brisbane. I'm going to audit Michael Theo tonight. He won, his, he won his number one goalkeeping spot back. He was nutmegged for the goal from Mitch Austin. <laughs> nutmegged. It was a pole driver from five metres. His distribution by foot <laughs> in the first half was poor. Okay, so there you are. Along with along with sixty other sixty percent of the other yeah, distribution on the was pitch. poor, and I didn't know there would needed to be interruptions. I thought this was just me speaking for the period of time. So <laughs> Sean Evans and Michael Theo get the audits tonight, Rodrigo. Yeah, so the refund in this context is a good thing. The yeah, refund's obviously. a good. That's all. So he gets good. the refund, Warren. It's all the refund's always good, you know that little holiday you want to go for during after just after tax time. For me, Mitch Austin gets a refund. First game for a new club, probably got an on-field start opportunity based on the fact that Marco Rojas wasn't playing. But Mitch Austin proved that not only can he be the best player in a poor team, he can be a good player in a good team. So, order to him. I mean, a, a refund to him and Brett Holman. He wound back the clock. <laughs> he wound it back. Yep. I thought I was back in South Africa against Serbia <laughs> when he was going downtown. So Brett Holman to me, I'm not sure I'm not sure whether Brett Holman can get a starting position in the Socceroos when you look at, you know, Moy, Rogic. Well he's come out and said he, he you're probably suggesting doesn't want to play. you're suggesting you're suggesting that he could now break into the Socceroo squad, squad on the absolutely. back of 60 no, minutes tonight? Not tonight. Not just tonight. He's excited, But Carlos. he's wound back the clock, Carlos. And again, I thought, Rodrigo, in the post-production meeting, you promised this segment would be without interruption. So thanks to Dom and the friends at Tax Talk, the audits and the refunds. There you go. Well done, Warren. Um, and uh, nice stuff there on behalf of Tax Talk. Hey, tonight, uh, Melbourne Victory and Brisbane Raw played out a one-all draw in front of 15,805 people. Mitch Austin scoring for victory and Luke Devere right at the death there for Brisbane Raw at Suncorp Stadium. Let's take a break now. Come back with your calls on 942-911-16. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Welcome back on your Friday night. This is the Four Diego's final whistle. Thanks for joining us. 9429 1116. Uh, coming up very, very shortly is Carlos's young gun, where he will name his young player of the night. Yes. Or young person of the night. Ooh. It doesn't have to be a player, Carlos, but uh, 9429 1116 or 04 uh, Carlos, you've got some stuff off Twitter. Yes, at Four Diego's. Nick, uh, this one took uh, my attention. Nick uh, sent a tweet through. And, um, hey, guys, Roas uh, to come back and a few more games into the season and we'll get our rhythm. People just need to chill out a bit. And I'm all for In fact, Nick, I'm live going to retweet this right now. Bang. <laughs> Jeez, we had a camera on that, I've Carlos. just retweeted that and I liked it. Yep, I can there actually go, hear Nick. that a little bit. I could, hear, <laughs> I could hear the whoosh Yeah, no, got to be sensible. It's, it's the first game of the season. I, you know, I don't look at the ladder until Christmas. Right? Yeah. I don't even bother about form until five or six games in. right? And I've been right every time, Warren. Oh, I'm, you know, I was actually wrong once a couple of years ago <laughs> when I doubted myself. Well, you right? were wrong about the crowd, the Liverpool yeah, crowd. Exactly, yeah. Remember that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was embarrassing. There was only 30,000 out there. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. That Do you think, can I ask a question, fellas? Like, uh, I think that uh, victory, given that uh, it's, it's reshaped a little bit and, and lost a few key players uh, along the lines... Given that FBK and Oli Bazanich, 
Oli Bazan's probably picked up at the end of last season, but FBK has probably got a big season ahead of him, do you think? Well, it's interesting because Mitch Austin's, Austin scored tonight. Rose has got to come back into the side. He, there's no question about that. He's not going to be sitting on the bench. He's going to come straight back in. Did did uh, Fade Ben Kalfalar do enough tonight to keep his spot? I mean, has he been doing enough in pre-season? I think Mitch Austin's been quite impressive in the FFA Cup games and some of the other ICC games and stuff like that. So it's interesting, you know, you know, Muskie to throw, you know, uh, to throw. Um, you know, caution the wind a little bit, uh, could actually maybe start Ben Calfalar on the bench and really you know, sh- get him fired up if he's, not, if he's not playing his best football at the moment. But surely you give, you give the guy, you know, you give the guy more than one game. I mean, yeah, but Brahes has got to come back in. So do you drop Mitch Austin? Maybe, yes. He scored the goal tonight. Yeah, I know. But, and he played well. But he'll score another goal soon. But, but you know, <laughs> I think, you, you, you know, if I had Ben Calfalar, you know, he's uh, on, a, on a good wicket, Carlos. Yeah, but um, Rojas you know, has got he, to come back in, mate. Yeah, maybe he had a bit of an interrupted yeah. preseason, but uh, what do you think, Warren? FBK had a contract. Guy Finkler didn't. Guy Finkler goes. You think about them bringing Mitch Austin in. You have Guy Finkler. I think you've got a slightly more attacking-minded midfield. Uh, look, he didn't have a great season last season. Ben Calfire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, he had a contract. That probably was the thing that kept him. He'd signed on after a very... Good first year. Look, I think he's he proved last year he got better as the season went on. But he never he never he never, he never recaptured. He, he, no, what he did in no. year one. And I'd say I'd say Austin's there as a person that's going to put a lot of pressure on him because you'd think. But Raul Haas just comes back. Hang on. Austin played well tonight and scored, right? Uh, ben Kalfala was no more than serviceable tonight. Rojas is going to come back in. One of those two have got to go. And I think it's a good opportunity for Musket if he's worried at all about the squad. And I don't think he is. I think he came into this, into this game you know, with a good preseason under his belt. But he's got to fit Rojas back in. Rojas won't be starting on the bench. So I'm really I'm, I'm fascinated yeah, about no, what he might do. Look. Let's not panic. You know they 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 got a they got a point. They got a point tonight. You know, no, no, no. Yeah. Nine, at the ninety six. No, we're, we're not panicking. I'm not, I'm not we're, panicking either. We're just, like I, we're just I'm asking a, the question about what he's going to do next week. So not wholesale changes. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, but, sorry to interrupt. Like I think I think FBK is a great player, and I think that he's he's sort of he's his capacity to to get around players and his his footwork is is probably amongst the best. Better best plays in that squad, but he gets fouled a lot and that hurts. But and so he hasn't been able to sort of be as creative and as imposing as he was in that first year. And I and I think that the there is pressure on him surely to sort of reproduce something of that first yep. season. And we really need him to, given that we've lost a bit of creativity in that midfield. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. But uh, yeah, victory victory fans are still are still yeah very fairly confident uh, just off the text messages here just quickly Carlos yes. so Carlos <laughs> you're saying you selected Adelaide to win the title after 6 games last season it took the them yep. 10 games to get their first win you got it right yeah it was a bit of a clear no actually what i was saying was that you could almost tell uh, the sort of season the team's going to have I, I certainly didn't pick Adelaide to win the league but you can sort of tell the sort of season they're going to have uh, but with Adelaide that was a bit of an anom- anomaly, that it one was, there. Was I mean, really, who could pick? I think 14 games. Didn't they go 14 games without it was an amazing. winless for 14? It was an amazing win, Yeah, I don't really. think anyone. I mean, if anyone picked them, 
Even their own coach. I mean, the coach was nearly sacked three times he during was, that time. He was. He was. So uh, I don't think anyone can claim yeah. to have uh, anticipated that. And by the end of the season, he was a genius. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I, I certainly said West City Wanderers was going to be up there at the end of the year. Just, just quickly, what about Bessart Barisha? What, what do you think his game was like tonight? Uh, oh no, they, they, they pretty much. Jade North did a good job on him, and uh, and I thought uh, uh, the the Brisbane Roar just, uh, team just knew how to how to go about it. So. Um, they know him well. Uh, the guy's had a decent preseason. I mean, he can't win it off his own boot every time. Uh, there's probably a little bit of understanding that mm. they've, he's got to build with with the likes of Austin and and some of the midfield Troisi too. So as well. yeah, Troisi and mm. uh, and even Valeri's like a new recruit too. So you know. absolutely. So no, very interesting to see how uh, he he looked. He looked in some patches excellent tonight. I thought um, I thought he was going to score, but you're right. I, I thought he was well held in the end. Um, it's eight minutes to eleven. Carlos's young gun. Yes, Carlos's. Wow. Yeah, we clipped that at the end, just Carlos, but uh, never mind the weather. Uh, with thanks to the Northern Football Academy, it's a brand new academy at um, St. Monica's College in Epping. It starts in 2017 at the start of next year, and they're open for enrolments now. Call them during business hours on 9409. Double eight, double zero, from years ten to twelve. Great facilities out there, Rodrigo. I Absolutely. can tell you, Mark and, the, and, and, the, and the kiddies can live the life of professional footballers while they're going to school. Fantastic! Absolutely. What a great. We should have. That a, is. There should be a radio thing that you could go to like that. <laughs> my, young, my young gun, and now of course um, there's a number of young guns, but you know when you talk about young guns, there's sort of kiddies and these young men. There was no kiddies in the game tonight. No, like, no, under, no 18-year-olds were under 20. The, the, we didn't the, want to call it Carlos's kiddies. Yeah, exactly right. No. I, I want to <laughs> you know, steer clear of that completely. Yeah. I liked, of course, Jason Guerrier, which is yeah. uh, best on Plumbing's player of the night, uh, according to Vinny Venezuela. And I really liked his game. I think he's just growing in stature, and it's only a matter of time before Ange picks him as a regular player for the Socceroos. But the other one I really liked tonight was a 22-year-old Corey Brown, hmm. the son of uh, the great Rod Brown, who used to score goals for fun in the old NSL. And uh, this kid is a, is a guy that I know, they, they, uh, all the um, talent identification, the AIS and, and, the, and the coaches throughout Australia have been identifying this guy for a while. It's taken him a little while to really kick on, but I thought he was really good, especially early tonight. Uh, with a bit of luck, he was uh, uh, called offside, but he... he he slotted away a nice goal that was disallowed in the end. But uh, I kind of liked him. But he, my player, my young gun of the night, has got to go to Jason Guerrier. I know he's best on plumbing's best player, but I thought uh, he was terrific tonight as a young gun. There you go. Uh, almost had two there, Carlos. But uh, <laughs> St. Monica's College in Epping have got the Northern Football Academy and they are really excited that it's starting next year. Can I just say Galloway was great on the bench? Like, as, <laughs> you know, he just <laughs> sat patiently. You're upset, Vinny, because you, you're, you're trying to manufacture different positions for him now too. I want him in the you, squad. You want him in the I team. want him in the squad. Yeah, I know. But we're going to fit him. That's another conversation. <laughs> I think we've got to get him in the midfield. Get everyone in the midfield. <laughs> hey, look, boys, let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, it's a, been a big night. Uh, the final whistle. We're back for 2016-2017. Melbourne victory and Brisbane Royal won all tonight, uh, 15,805. Hey, before we go to the news, let's go to Scott on nine four two nine eleven sixteen from Craigieburn. G'day, Scott. Good evening, gentlemen, and Carlos. How are you? <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very nice of you. You're a great uh, judge of character, Scott. Well done. Yeah, well, I speak to him all the time on Andy's show during the day, mate. So, oh, how are you, Scotty? How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. 
<clears throat> Let's not pull any punches, boys. That was the most insipid referee game I've ever seen. He was totally useless. The whole point of a game is to try to keep the flow of the game going. Every time we tried to play a quick ball, a quick restart from a free kick, he just blew his whistle and brought it. It just stuffed the whole tempo of the game. Um, Borello, I can't believe yep. Warren said it was a, nothing wrong with the tackle. Yeah. It was just a yellow. He's just ridiculous. He could have ripped his oh, yes. Achilles out. Hold on, who was ridiculous, Scotty, Borello no, or Warren? It was, a, I think it Warren was a straight was... red card, Scott. It was. I said Warren. I said Warren. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, uh, what do you expect from a, a prawn cocktail co- eating bloke who follows <laughs> Melbourne City? I mean, disgraceful <laughs> Liverpool football football. <laughs> Have I met you, Scott, before? How do you know what I look like? No, Scotty, I'll agree to disagree. But one thing I will say, the biggest problem with Australian referees, and I think a lot of referees around the world, they try to referee through cards. Too many cards, and maybe that was a red. Okay, it that's was a fine. Red. Too many cards. He didn't pull Mind the red you, out. You give so many cards, Carlos, you forget what you're actually doing, and then when it's a bad decision, <laughs> you don't give the right card. Scotty, good point you make. Thanks for calling. I do prawn look, cocktail I do look like a bit of a prawn <laughs> yeah, cocktail. Yeah, so that's prawn fair. Co- I'll cop that. You know, why, cop that. you know why he knows you're prawn cocktail? Because you've got mayonnaise all, all, all over your mouth. Just, It's just... Dagging off your mouth. <laughs> Jeez, that's good radio. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, that's the I'll first hour done and dusted here on the final whistle. Hey, thanks for your calls. Hey, we, we've got another hour here yeah. tonight. So, night uh, where Melbourne victory and Brisbane Raw won all. This is the Four Diego's final whistle. We're back right after the news on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Welcome back to the second hour of the Four Diego's final whistle here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Thanks for your company. Vinny's in the room. Uh, Warren's here as well, and so is Carlos Alberto Diego. Hey, 9429-1116, the hot uh, line number. Vinny, that's the number. What's the topic? It's the Love This Game hotline because the A-League's back it is. and we're and excited. Yeah, we are excited. It was a great, great to have it back tonight. 94291116. Send us a text message on 0433981116 as well. Interact with the Diegos because this is your show after the game where Melbourne victory uh, had it won until the 96th minute. It was 1 <laughs> 0 up until then, and then yep. uh, Luke Devere scored for Brisbane Raw. Against um, 10 men, 10 by the way, men. too. Yes, uh, Matt Mackay was sent off. In Unjustifiably. The 65th minute. Unjustifiably, oh, according to Warren. Income. I had an Damn. hour of this already. Actually, I've had two hours of this because <laughs> I watched the second half from the time he was sent off. You know, Warren's been bleating on about this referee who made the wrong. He made the absolute correct decision. Mm. Absolute. You grab the shirt. You grab the shirt. No. There was after you get a yellow card, there shouldn't be. And any, he's on a yellow card. There shouldn't be any. Um, Umpiring or refereeing decisions made because it's a blanket thing. Any touch of the shirt is a yellow card, is it? So, okay, by that standard, I'll the watch shirt. the shirt tugged he, he and tugged see the how shirt. many yellow cards there'll be throughout he, the he season. He tugged the shirt. Tugged? He tugged the shirt. Oh, fair income. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Um, <laughs> tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing. Tugged the, the shirt. And the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's in Epping. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Um, was at the game tonight. This is off the text message. Great atmosphere. Thought it was pretty even overall, but ref was rubbish both ways. 
There you go. I didn't say that he wasn't it, both ways. Actually, no, you would have been, actually. The, the stuff we're getting off the SMS... Uh, is supporting me. No, is actually, <laughs> is actually quite even both ways. Some people, a lot of people are actually saying he actually did a really good job and a lot of other people are saying that he didn't. So, you know, I, I don't think uh, it, they're actually supporting one way or the other depending on what club they're supporting either. I just think people look at his refereeing in a different way. Ultimately, um, the refereeing didn't decide the uh, game. The, the, worst, no. the worst decision he made was when Borello mm. almost maimed Bazanic yep. uh, off the ball. I mean, he, was, he, could have, he, he could have actually mm. did some really damn, bad... It was a really, hard foul, yes. He could have made... Uh, give it, uh, actually uh, almost, uh, you know, wrecked the oh. ligaments or something of... Uh, or the Achilles, I think, he, he, that sort of area of his ankle. And uh, that could have been really serious. And I thought Bazanic, the way he was going on when he was on the ground, it, it was a serious injury. Warren, you would have to admit that that foul was, was worth a send-off. It was worth a yellow card, yes. A worth a yellow card. Yep. This Jeez. is where you lose friends, Warren. <laughs> well, this anyway, is, um, this is how off. and where. I don't come on radio to make friends. <laughs> That's clear. <laughs> Text messages here. Clear red. Get over it. Um, and, and just on uh, Fahid Ben Kafala, Ben was the only decent crosser of the ball tonight, uh, but agree, he's a fading star in the A-League. Uh, interesting there. So, because uh, we did talk about that, what's Kevin Musk yeah. going to do? Uh, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you're a victory fan, how do you feel after that game when you you thought you had it won, and then right at the end, uh, it's uh, a common occurrence, it seems, um, especially against Brisbane. Soft North. underbelly victory. You know, <coughs> I was watching the the Man U game against Stoke, and Man U were up one one zip, and then Blind gave away a stupid a throw in or yes, something. He did something dumb. And then you sort of knew that it's going to turn ugly now. Something's it led going to, to chaos. Didn't it led to chaos. And that, that's what happened today with that free kick that uh, Lee Broxham gave away, that I just had that vibe that oh, it's going to end badly. And, and Tommy Orr, he owes. And uh, when he was standing over that ball, I thought he'd create something. Now, it wasn't directly from his free kick, but also the, but the mayhem from uh, when the cross came in and Victory were trying to, uh, trying to um, clear it. And with Devere just sort of almost just throwing his boot at it, and it did lob over. I mean, it was quite lucky in the end. It did lob over Lawrence Thomas's head into the top corner, and you know it's just one of those things. I mean, but Brisbane do do that a lot on their home ground, and they've done it for many years. They're hard to beat, uh, absolutely. If you've just joined us tonight, uh, we've been going for an hour and ten minutes. But if you've just joined us, Melbourne Victory uh, and Brisbane Raw were played a one-all draw. Um, at Suncorp Stadium in front of 15,805. Mitch Austin scored in the 82nd minute and Luke Devere right at the end there in the 96th minute. Matt Mackay was sent off in the 65th minute after two yellow cards and uh, Tommy Orr came on uh, for Bruch and uh, yep. almost, you know, was involved in that goal. I know we, we played some audio of John Aloisi thinking, uh, saying that he felt that they, they dominated and they, they should have won the game. In fairness to... What I actually think that both back lines did a really good job and, 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 and I guess midfields as well of holding and, and stopping any creative sort of penetration of of their of their back lines and it wasn't a very no one marauded as much as they would have liked to because I think a lot of people did their work the way they needed to it. But mm. it, and it was a compelling and interesting game and, and great tempo and, and it was a I thought it was a great start to the season. There you go. Uh, just off the text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, the ref gave two of three yellows for shirt tugs before the sending off. Okay, this consistency. Yeah, you can. There's two types of consistency. It's you're consistently good, <laughs> and clearly, as I've experienced and continue to experience on a daily, a weekly basis, 
consistently bad. And that doesn't mean it's right. If you're consistently bad, you deserve to pay a price for that. Just because he was pulling up every minor tug of the this shirt. Is, this is almost as right. bad as your argument that we should get rid of the offside. <laughs> that, that's where we're going with this conversation. No, I'm At not. 12 past 11 no, on a Friday true, night. Not true. <laughs> Some of the greatest decisions are made at this time of night. And can I say... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. After 12, I'm not so sure. No, but just very quietly. It, there's got to be... I'm trying to come up with the word. Like... A referee is an interpreter of the game. He's not. It's not an enforcer of rules, as in you enforce. No, the rules are there to be interpreted, <laughs> not enforced. The way you want them to be well, interpreted. He has to give decisions based on the rule book. But you're saying he needs a feel for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like the our, vibe. And I would say, and anyone who would like to ring up and argue with me, that the <laughs> modern referee in the Australian game, and we'll name, we won't name names. Because they've got a chance to turn over a leaf at the start of this but season. Hang, hang on. They enforce the game through sanction, hang and on. that is not the have best you ever way heard to go. Of, have you ever heard of the interpretation of a rule where if you grab someone's shirt, <laughs> it is a yellow card? Have you ever heard of that? No. Have, see, have you ever heard of that? The, have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I have. Okay. Right. So we got to square one. Did Matt Mackay grab the guy's shirt? And pull him back. So this is where it needs to be interpreted. I don't <laughs> think it was a significant. But did he grab his shirt? Tug of the shirt. Oh, okay. There was separation from yeah. the back <laughs> towards his hand. So didn't impede Ben Kalfler. Yeah. He went down yeah, as yeah. He, he held him back. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us play a play on advantage. Yes. Anyway, but um, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Hey, um, I want to talk about Carl Valeri. What did you think about his game? Uh, obviously, you know, he had a seriously interrupted season yeah. last year with um, some. Um, serious injuries to to his brain, and um, it was yeah. great to see him back on the pitch, um, providing some stability in that midfield. It was great to see him absolutely, and uh, Kevin Musket described him as a as a, almost like a new recruit, having him back, and he was terrific. The way Carl Valeri is terrific, he protects that back four. He uh, he joins in uh, and supports uh, the players up the field, and he's super combative, and uh, he's a guy that uh, he's got. You know, we talk about wisdom. And talk about uh, you know the ability to read the game. Mm. That's what he's made his career on. So he's always going to be great. I, I believe that uh, he got three votes for he the did. Alex Tober Medal. Doesn't surprise me. I, I didn't. I probably wouldn't have picked him myself. But uh, but you know, if you watch the way he plays the game, the way he plugs the holes and and, and really shields that back four. Uh, you know, some people put a, a greater value on that than someone going forward and trying to create stuff. So you know, I, I certainly don't begrudge. Carl Valeri getting the three points for the Alex Tobin medal, but I probably would not necessarily have picked him as the best player in the park. Let's have a listen to what the Melbourne Victory captain Carl Valeri had to say after the game. Talk us through the last minute there. You've been in this situation up here and a lot of teams have been in this situation. Is there a nervousness that comes into it because it's happened so many times up here? Um, look, you know, credit to Brisbane. They never give up. They're always uh, fighting to the last second. You know, I was, I was confident in the box there. There was a scrappy finish and... Uh, you know, the goal came. Again, we've got to learn from it, be more decisive, clear our lines and, um, you know, not even let them get there in the first place. But these are things we'll sit down, talk about, discuss and work on. There's Carl Valeri with thanks to Fox Sports. Great to have him back on the pitch. And, uh, you know, 
definitely provides that stability. Carlos, off Twitter. Yes, at uh, 40 goes Bobby Evans, I'm a long-time Victory member and have to agree we do it too many times. You're referring to Warren's statement that... Yeah, uh, soft underbelly. Yeah, Victory has a soft underbelly now. You know, Bobby's a Victory... Uh, fan and a supporter, a long-time Victory fan supporter, and uh, I'm sure there's others out there feeling that way, but put it all in perspective, put it all in context, first game of the season, and it's a sort of sort of thing that I think if they really emphasise this, uh, you'll see that eradicated from their game, if you feel there's a pattern there, I don't think there is, but you know, if you feel that there is some softness, I'm sure Kevin Muscadall make sure that uh, they'll get rid of that. The other interest in the game, of course, was uh, Brett Holman back in the A-League and, um, well, in the A-League and back in Australia, of course, and uh, for Brisbane Raw. What did you think of his game, Warren? Well, as Sher used to say, I think he turned back time, Rodrigo, just very <laughs> quietly. Nice one. I'm glad you haven't got her outfit on. But, uh... <laughs> that, was on the, that was on the battleship. That was the film clip. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Yeah. How about Brett Holman? Well, yeah. see, I think Brett Holman is an interesting case study, Carlos, in a, in a, in, in a way... As much as he's had a really, a really significant overseas career, and it ended up in the Premier League, and from that point it went downhill. But it's disappointing. Well, some, some might argue that it went downhill when he was in the Premier League. Yeah, no, that's true. But he he came in under one manager, was recruited under one manager, and that manager got sacked before he played a game, <laughs> which is a pretty tough yeah. sort of call. True. But it's funny he. Under a new regime with Ange Postacoglu as Socceroos coach, Brett Holman comes back to Australia to play in the A-League at that point of his career. He plays well and he's probably in the team or in the squad, but for career reasons, for probably financial reasons, he goes to the Middle East, really falls completely off the radar and comes back to Australia, not as an old player. He's only 32 years of age, so he's got more than enough time to be able to be an established, really significant player. I think it's a really good recruit for Brisbane. He's quick. He gets forward at a point where Thomas Bruce is probably just dropping off the pedestal in terms of being able to make those runs and, and, and score. I think you're going to see Holman link up with McLaren and be a really effective sort of like second striker sort of thing. So... I think Holman is a really good pick for Brisbane. And I wouldn't say, if you look at Luongo, Moy and Rogic in the middle of the park, he's not going to get there. No. Not going to get there and not going to be overtaken. But if there's an injury or two, nah. he might be a chance. But it's good to have him back in the A-League. And I think he'll prove, with more fitness and playing regularly, that he's going to be a dangerous weapon for them in terms of being a good team. Okay. It was, sorry, it was no accident that when Ange came in, Brett Holman retired from the national team. I don't know, I'm not sure whether he actually officially retired, but I think he did. It, yeah, it was Lucas Neal hasn't a retired. Well, that's from right. The but it, team. it was no accident because uh, he at that point there he was under Holger Rossick. He was a one way player. He wasn't bad when the ball was at his feet, but when they lost position of the ball, he was just a one way player. And you could just see the way Ange Postecoglou sets out his team. He has not got one way players. Everyone's a two way player who can defend and attack, and they work really hard for each other and smother the opposition at high intensity. Doesn't matter how hot it is, what the excuses are. And uh, what I did like about Brett Holman tonight, which I hadn't seen him do, and again, granted, I hadn't seen him play in the Middle East for a while, uh, but he was back at full back tackling. And you know, uh, and and putting the ball out of play, which which is something I don't think I've seen much uh, of in his game ever. Uh, he's always good 
and works hard when when they're in, when the team's in possession. He offers you many options as a really good player like that. But defensively, not much. But tonight he was back there defending, and he hasn't had a big preseason. So I thought that was really a plus for for uh, for Raw. I think that was a really good sign. I think uh, unfortunately, when you go to the Middle East, you you go off the radar and. You, you lose a bit of identity and a, and a little bit of respect, and I think it's great to see Holman back in the a, well in the A League playing playing good football or looking like he's going to be playing good football because I think it it's going to be good for his his reputation as a footballer because he he has achieved some fantastic things uh, as a player and to and to get get any of our Socceroos back and on that like that Brisbane Raw team look at mm. look at all the Socceroos they've got uh, or former Socceroos and and that's an exciting squad to. To, to watch play day in day out, so I, I think I think he had a good first game, and yeah. I, I look forward to him uh, doing more. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Brisbane Raw do go, given the off-field issues they've had to survive. Over that's the another thing they've, they've really put that behind them. That's yeah. that's really a testimony to to the Aloisi brothers, John and, and Ross, the way they're they're leading those men. They've they've had to almost protect those the players from what's been going off uh, going on. Off the ground, and I actually was speaking to a raw player the other day, and and I actually asked him about the financial situation, and he said to me that um, that never once has he not been paid. So I don't know whether the payments have been late. We know that payments have been late, but he's never ever worried about not being paid. So it hasn't been that dramatic where you know, there, you know there's a, there's a lot of money outstanding or whatever it is, and. For that reason, because they know that they were always going to get paid, it hasn't really affected them that much on the field. But I suppose you don't want that situation where your payments and your, your livelihoods at risk. You know, when that happens, you of course it's going to affect your game. It's going to affect you go the way you go about it. There was incredible passion on the pitch and off the pitch. The Aloisi brothers were uh, they were fiery off the pitch yeah. tonight too. So really interesting to see. Give us a call tonight nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is the it's back. We love it the hotline, um, or it was almost ours tonight, the hotline on 9429 Now, If you're a plumber, by the way, and if you, we know we have a lot of tradespeople listening to our show, uh, and if you're looking for a new challenge with job security, Best On Plumbing is recruiting right now. Give them a call during business hours on 1300 Best On and talk to the team at Victoria's busiest and leading plumbing business, 1300 Best On. That's 1300 237 Eight double six. Mario and the team there will look after you. They'll get you some work. They've got some fantastic customers, so make sure you give them a call. One three hundred best on. You need qualifications because I've done a bit of work myself at home. The odd plumbing job around. You need <laughs> qualifications, don't you? You do. You need to be a plumber. <laughs> you need to be a plumber. Yeah. You look. I'm, t- I'm sure they'll take yeah. your call because they're very friendly. They'll <laughs> take your call, but yep. um, they might put you in admin. Just asking. No, yeah. look, but they're, they're actually um, recruiting right now, so give them a call, yeah. uh, Best on Plumbing. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Isn't it great to have the A-League back? It started tonight, uh, Brisbane Raw played host to Melbourne Victory at Suncorp Stadium. 15,805 people turned up. Melbourne Victory scored first. They bossed the game in the first 20-odd minutes. Brisbane Ten. Fifteen minutes and uh, <laughs> Brisbane Raw came back into it. Mitch Austin scored in the 82nd minute. A streaker came on after that and uh, threw victory completely. <laughs> Bunchy smugglers <laughs> at all. Yes, um, they they dealt with the uh, with the streaker and then Luke Devere 
in a scramble in the mm. penalty. What was it, Carlos? Penalty box pandemonium. Yes, it was. Um, scored in the 96th minute. It was a one-all draw, but for victory fans and for victory, it probably seems like a loss, but they pick up a point, a way to get their season off to a, a start. Don't misinterpret what I'm going to say, because well, I'm, not advocating, I? I am now. I'm, I'm not advocating Helen D'Amico type, <laughs> you know... Um, so, you know, so she, coverage was a, she was a streaker, streaker. in an AFL, Carlton, VFL grand final. Carlton Richmond? Yeah. Long right. time ago, 1980-something. You remember it. Yeah, I do. I was a very young boy. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was affected by it. But I actually think... Strangely aroused. Uh, <laughs> I, tried for you, I tried for years to track her down. <laughs> Come on. I actually think, personally, that the, um, that the policy of the TV cameras now, yes. not to follow the streaker around mm-hmm. in terms of not pan to the person is unfortunate because there's normally some entertainment to be had. Not that I'm condoning oh. it. There's normally some entertainment to be had with the normally rotund security <laughs> people chasing <laughs> the streaker around the field. You, you know what it misses? It misses the Benny Hill music. Yes. <laughs> they should play that. They should. As part of the entertainment not- of the place. And by the way, you've got to cut People in Brisbane, a bit of a slack. It's, it's, hot, hot. it's hot up there it's hot. right now. It's hot. Yeah, it sends you a bit balmy, you know, and uh, and if you strip down, it's just normal. Yeah. People walk down the street. I'm not a big fan of the, shirtless. Of the rugby tackle, though. You know, yeah. not, not a good choice of words necessarily, but um, <laughs> not a good choice. You know, they, they really do tackle the streaker yeah. Yeah, to hurt them. They're, they're oh, overly not, aggressive. They are. That's, no, that's it. The guy street. knows he's going to get caught. Yep. Anyway, we, we can't allow it. We can't condone it, right? It's I wasn't Australian. condoning it. Oh, you were tacitly. Well, you know, here on the Diego's, we like to talk about the game, obviously, but we also like to talk about stuff around the game. Let's yep. have a listen to uh, Francis Leach's and Alan Hunter's call of the streaker. Goes back towards Alain Burrow. There's a pitch invasion, and we will have a break in play. There's some moron has his moment of stupidity. Corey Brown tries to get out of his way, and there's a tackle laid out. There's a couple of tackles that probably resemble a Brisbane Broncos game. And that's exactly not what the home team needed with three or four minutes to play. Chasing the game. No, and he wasn't dressed for the occasion either. (laughs) That's a great call by Alan. Jeez, Francis wasn't very happy. Three tackles. I think there were more than three tackles there, uh, Francis. But uh... and in general, that single word "moron" is is an apt description of people who do invade the pitch. In the end, I'm just talking about the coverage of it. It was very good for the uh, Brisbane Roar because they scored. Yeah, I mean, we grew up having a laugh at those sort of things. But these days, when someone jumps on the pitch, you don't know what's going to happen. That's right. So I I think. if they've got to be tackled and brought to the ground and thrown in jail and fined ten thousand dollars, I have no problem with that at Band all. Banned for life. Yep, absolutely. Hey, so one all tonight. Um, got some. Obviously, the first round continues after tonight, and uh, Melbourne victory head off to New Zealand uh, for tomorrow's game. Melbourne City. Melbourne City. No, did I say Melbourne victory? My, my apologies. Melbourne City. I'm worried. I'm worried against uh, Wellington tad Phoenix. Concerned. No, City won't come back with anything tomorrow. I mean. Wellington at home, no, no one's giving him a chance, even though they've been ravaged by international call-ups. Yes, and uh, we've had a Lanny Musket's emotional return to the cake <laughs> thing tomorrow. True. Standing ovation? Well, oh, I think standing... they'll take their shirts off yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a danger game because no... no, danger, yep. no uh, By the way, and Wellington really hammered them during the pre-season game 4-1, only a few weeks ago. So that was up in Townsville. So... Uh, 
That's a danger game for City, but still won't be an indication of how City's going to go this season, even if they come back with nothing. Is Barbarossa's in camp with, with the, New Zealand? Yeah, with New Zealand. So they, same I mean, as Rojas. Yeah, they're all missing from Wellington. So who are they playing? New Zealand. Sorry, who are they playing? Fiji or no? Uh, no in, uh, international friendlies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, it's been an interesting match for Melbourne City. So, Vinny, you think they'll win tomorrow? I, I fancy Wellington at home. I'd like to think that they can do it, but uh, City's got a good squad. Yeah, I think City will win tomorrow. If they win tomorrow, City, that's, you'll you'll know that they they've really changed as a club. Uh, they'll show a real maturity to win. Uh, and I'm not saying that. Again, if they lose in Wellington tomorrow, it will not be an indication of how well City's going. But first up, uh, Wellington got a lot to prove. Uh, Ernie Merrick will get them fired up. Uh, City won't have Timmy Cale, um, and I know they've got a very good squad, but. They have uh, not performed at their best, even with the squad that they've got. I think it, ta- it will take them time to become a cohesive uh, unit. So mm. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, but I, I'm expecting Wellington to win tomorrow. Okay. City are a changed unit, strong across all the park. I think they'll just go there and do the business tomorrow. Even if it's just the odd one goal, just come home with the points and convict um, victory to only having one point after two games. It'll be interesting to see how they do without Moy. I've got to say, you, I, I'm excited to see Bruno Fornaroli again because I just think he's gold. But uh, City without Moy, that that's just a, a different landscape. I'm looking for Luke Bratton with probably the worst haircut in the A League <laughs> preseason. Um, I think he'll be a, I think he'll be not a replacement, but um, he'll do really well in that position. Yeah, he'll add something that they haven't had, but he won't replace Moy. No. So, What about the uh, Sydney Derby at ANZ Stadium tomorrow night? Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC. They're predicting this will be a new record, of course, well, because they, they've already sold 60-odd thousand. Well, yeah. There was 54, last time I heard, uh, was it, what are we, Friday, probably early this week, 54,000 had been sold. So you'd think there'd be at least 15,000 walk-ups, wouldn't they? Oh, what's, yeah. what's the weather like in Sydney at the yeah, moment? Yeah, no, nice. Okay, nice so weather. I reckon it'd be 15,000 walk-ups. So 70,000 maybe, Carlos. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, uh, why not? And, uh, why not? And, Absolutely. And uh, both, both sides are having a crack at each other in the media. Yeah. I mean, Alex Broskers talked they about... They use the word hate, yeah, Carlos. Everyone, he hates every one of their players. Every one of them. <laughs> He said that in the media. So, um, and I think uh, Brendan Sandlad came back at him today and basically said, oh, he's just upset because his family now barracks for West Sydney Wanderers. <laughs> so um, so that, that, there's some real uh, enmity in that do derby you think at the those words are, Do you think those words are okay in the context of the build-up of the game, there's, Carlos? No, they're not, they're not okay uh, because, you know, fans hang on what's been said. There'll be a lot of tension. There's always tension. Um it really is one of those, you know, games that are on the edge. And if players start, you know, getting into all that, it could actually affect the crowd. It's and I, I don't like it. I, I, I like Alex Brosk. No, no, and I, and I understand what he's trying to do, but I think it's a very dangerous thing when players start saying stuff like that. This is a really interesting game from the fact that Western Sydney Wanderers, we know every year, make wholesale changes. I think there's about 16 new guys in their squad. And right from mm. their back... Robbie, Robbie Cornthwaite's come back, but right all the way through the team, there's only two or three players that have got, you know, any degree of continuity in terms of year on year. And Sydney, based on the way they finished the season last year so poorly, Arnie's gone out and done much the same. I think there's really wholesale changes, changes all the way down the team from goalkeeper through to Wilkinson, through to Bobo and 
it's really interesting. I think that game tomorrow night, you'll probably not know what the result's going to be simply because the teams yeah. are hardly recognisable. And again, it won't be an indication of how the teams are going to go this season on the result tomorrow, but it'll be a war tomorrow night. Mm. It'll be a cracker of a game. Oh, yeah. First round of the season... And really, if they get 70, suddenly they're the biggest derby. Sorry, yeah. they're oh, the biggest no. derby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and they have been really selling out their derbies, you know, since the inception of uh, Western Sydney Wanderers too. So, uh, and there's always that, I mean, there's always edge at the Melbourne derbies, but there's like it's... Melbourne you know, City have got a pull. I mean, as even though I'm a fan, Melbourne City, I think Sydney FC fans have come back to Sydney since... Arnie's been there and the Cove has no, built no, up. They come back, last no, year, they come to the derbies. They don't go to the yeah, normal yeah. Well, games. Melbourne City have got to pull their weight as far as derbies are concerned long-term for them to match the Sydney derby because we know victory fans will. Can't yeah. wait for that tomorrow night. Uh, 7.50 kickoff. Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC. Always a spectacle to watch. And then um, over in Perth, uh, Perth Glory take on Central Coast Mariners at NIB Stadium. My second team, Perth. I think they're a real sleeper this season. You'd have to say... You'd have to say with some confidence, based on the way they got through last season after the previous season, with Andy Keogh here from the start of the season, retaining the Johnny Warren medalist from last Castro. season, Castro. Taggart. 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 You'd have to think they're significantly what, better. Uh, Griffiths is back. Yep. Significantly uh, Williams. better. Uh, yep. They've got 14 Perth-born players yep. in the squad. Now, if they can tap into that. Yep. That could be very, very dangerous. If they and get actually, a win, and re- they could be a side that's really worth watching too if they're playing with that passion. Yeah. You know, Kenny Lowe, they love Kenny Lowe. Yeah, if they get a win, let's hope the Perth fans build up yeah. and get back mm. to the best. St- I think NIB is the best football stadium in Australia now. Even love better. To see, love to see that full, full every yeah. week. They're Perth a, are the sleeper for the season. They're a very good physical unit, uh, Perth, and they'll, they'll just. Make you pay attention to them, and they'll they will get it. They they're they're a tough team to they'll beat. Be hard yeah, but, to beat but, yeah they're hard to beat. But they've actually got a lot of class in yeah, there. I mean, that's what I mean. A, a clinical finisher in Keo Castro in the middle of the park, uh, Marinkovic. These sort of players are really classy, technical players in the middle of the park. And Kenny Lowe, even though he seems like a bit of a maniac at times on the <laughs> sidelines. He actually brings yeah. those guys together, and a lot of the younger guys like Lowry, Williams, and a few of the others there, uh, they grew up with uh, Kenny Lowe being their youth team coach. And Risden yeah. won't play, but he's yeah, another yeah. one that's improved significantly Absolutely. under yeah. Kenny Lowe. I think they are mm. the sleeping, the sleeper yeah. team for the title this season. As you mentioned, yeah, Taggart's back, Roston mm. Griffith's back, um, Reese Williams, who we spoke to yeah. on Wednesday night. Uh, was was yeah. pretty nervous, he said, but just yeah. really looking forward to playing in front of his family and friends. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how Perth Glory go. Um, I was just going to say, Taggart was scoring goals for fun before he, he sort of went overseas. And I, I think that the A-League is made for him. So I reckon he's got heaps to prove. It's going to be great to see him back here. Isn't it great to have it back? You've got to have a team. Anyway, <laughs> Newcastle Jets take on Adelaide United at uh, Hunter Stadium on Sunday, the only game on Sunday. Uh, what do you think about this one, Warren? Well... First thing I'd say is I just hope that Newcastle, through the you know the ashes of what's happened in the preseason, can can be competitive from the start of the season. Because again, it's just such a rich football market, and if they don't start the season well, I can't see them improving and growing. Adelaide, a really interesting one for me. You know, they've picked up guys like Enrique, um, but. They've lost. They've quality. lost more. They've lost quality, I'd say yeah. you'd have to be thinking that they've fallen out of the top echelon of teams in the A League. Although 
who can say we can read anything into their first six games? Because we know what happened last yeah, but year. They had, but... the, they had the quality there. They just weren't playing well. But uh, really, what they've lost, what, Goodwin, uh, Mork, Kamau, Chite. I mean, these are quality players that had a, a lot to do with them winning the grand final. Uh, and, and they've replaced them with kids. You know, Jesse Macarunas, um, Ben Garuccio. When I say kids, they're 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 not kiddies, but they're sort of young men who are trying to who've got a lot of potential and trying to forge a career, and uh, and I don't know whether they've replaced uh, that quality. Even Sanchez Sanchez is gone, uh, who scores every time they bring him onto the park. So I don't know. Uh, it'll be a big uh, a big coaching effort, I think, by uh, you know uh, Gia Moore if uh, if they actually. Um, you know, re- uh, resemble anything that they did last year. Newcastle have obviously had pretty much the upheaval with uh, Scott Miller and uh, Luca Trani um, being yeah. sacked before the start of the season. So looking forward to seeing how they go. But uh, you'd think Adelaide United to get it done um, away from home. Just. Just. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So that's the first uh, That's the first round of um, A-League football. Melbourne victory tonight. Uh, one all draw against uh, Brisbane Raw. Mitch Austin scored in the 82nd minute. Luke Devere in the 96th. Uh, 15,805 wasn't a bad crowd at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, before we take a break, the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping is opening in 2017. Enrolments are open right now. Give them a call during business hours of call, of course, on 94098800. Simon Colosimo is the patron of the Northern Football Academy. He actually went to school there. The coaching staff have got uh, fantastic qualifications. Uh, As you said, Warren, the college facilities are second to none. Um, You know, FIFA-approved football pitch uh, along with... uh, you know, many other community and A-League football facilities. The students are looking to go to international trips as well. Give them a call. Mark, Tor- Mark Torcaso, the Director of Football, uh, is, has put together a fantastic program along with EMAD and the team. That's the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for your company tonight on the final whistle. Uh, it's great to have the A-League back. We're on uh, with the final whistle right throughout the A-League season. Home and away games on a Friday night and some Thursday nights. Uh, so make sure you uh, stay listening to the Diego's um, every Friday night, basically when uh, Melbourne City or Melbourne Victory play their game home or away. Uh, it's been a big, big night, of course. Melbourne Victory and Brisbane Raw played out a one-all draw. Mitch Austin scored in the 82nd minute for Victory and Luke Devere. Uh, scored in the 96th minute right at the end for Brisbane Roar to break the hearts of victory. 15,805 at Suncorp Stadium. Matt Mackay was sent off tonight and then threw his... And uh, rightly so. In the 65th minute. And then he threw mm. his uh, captain's armband at the referee or towards the referee. Do you think that's going to give him extra weeks? Well, for, I, I don't know if he, if he threw it. He, well, he, sort of, he sort of tossed it. Tossed it. Well, that's throwing. You'd say you're not allowed to to toss it. Well, if you're going to be really particular about it, whether someone's grabbed the shirt or not... You know, it no. could it could be a difference between you know you know how they they go through in the AFL low impact, you know. Well, it was a deliberate. low impact throw. Yeah. It was a yeah, toss. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you could argue that he he wasn't technically throwing it at the referees; he was just throwing it in the direction towards. of the that's guy why I changed who was, was going to yeah. come. Yeah, that's why I changed yeah. it to towards yeah. the referee. But yeah. anyway, we'll see what happens. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'll still take your calls. We've got about fifteen minutes of the show left. Danino has called uh, from Sydney. Good day, Danino. Welcome to the show. Yeah, good day, guys. Yeah, nice to yeah, talk to you time. again. Yeah, it it's been, been a while. while. Yeah, 
Uh, you got yeah. the big job tomorrow. Was it something night? we said, Danina? <laughs> was it something we said? Uh, yes, actually, yes. Oh, uh, no. Warren, I oh. was all over. Well, I was cock-a-hoop early on with his comments, but... Uh, <laughs> He's he's frustrated me out of bed. Oh, <laughs> he's destroyed me. He does that a lot. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, His wife says that I a bit too. So you were so cock-a-hoop, you jumped out of bed, Danino, to get on the phone. What have I done? What have I said that's frustrated you? Mate, you were, they were the soft underbelly, you were spot on, but <laughs> the red card's not a problem, mate. The, the red card was there. He, uh, I'm a referee myself. You... you uh, Interpretation a little bit. Yet, Feel for the but... game, De Nino. Feel for the game. It wasn't. It wasn't substantial. It's not fair that he gets sent off for that type of tug of the shirt. There's <laughs> different types of tugs, and that wasn't one that I would have thought was significant enough to get him the second yellow. Please, Warren. I need to get to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, De Nino. Let, let's talk about the Sydney yeah. Derby tomorrow night. Uh, you must be pretty excited about that. Mate, I've been waiting for them to finally play one out at the ANZ and get beyond see what it's, see what they'll actually draw. I they've been held back by the stadium sizes in the past, and yeah. and um, that's the only reason why they haven't drawn more than fifty to a game. Danino, yeah. we, we're hearing we're hearing there were fifty four, fifty five thousand pre sales during the week. Uh, what what sort of numbers are you hearing, being a, a, a boy in Sydney? I think it'll be high 50. I just don't think there's, with the grand finals on the week before, there's a few other things like Bathurst on this weekend. I think it'll be between 58 and 62. So, look, I hope it's more. But, yep. I, but I, I've got a feeling if it was on at seven rather than eight, that makes a difference. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous going out, uh, coming back by train. It's, it'll be a lot, a lot of Western Sydney fans. I'd say two-thirds to Three quarters Western yep. Sydney, so it's it's um, it's an interesting trip out there. So uh, <laughs> I've done it. I've done the train from uh, Sydney to um, Homebush. It, it wasn't actually too bad, but um, yeah, I went during the day. <laughs> I don't think you had 50,000 uh, Wanderers fans. No, 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 no. I did no. it after Kathy Freeman won the um, oh, won her gold medal way back when. So, yeah. Daninia, you're a Sydney fan. Look, I, I gave it away. I think we discussed this back mm. in the day, and I gave it away as an old NSL man. Yep. You know, a Sydney Olympic fan back in the day. But I had an, I had a Sydney season ticket. Going back with a, my mate and a family pass with mate and uh, our kids, trying to get the kids into it. They can't obviously go to NPL games. But, look, I'm hoping to try and get that passion back and I, and the the only time I can really get the passion is is the derby games. You said something just actually before the break which is spot on. The only games the Sydney people go to are the uh the ones that are not nailed on fans. They yep. more than the 10 or 12 grand. Uh all the others only just turn up to the derbies and and I'm one of them. I'll yep. only turn up to the derby game at home. Well, um, mate, there's no there's no excitement to go to any other game for me and, yep. and that's a really European night. Mm. Well, Danino, mate, it was really good to uh, have you call again. And sorry that Warren frustrated you out of bed, but um, <laughs> has a habit of that. And uh, hey, enjoy the derby tomorrow. We'll be watching it on our televisions, and uh, I'm hoping there'll be 70,000 there tomorrow. And hopefully that European experience, Danino, gets you to regular yes. uh, Sydney games. You've got to have a team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Carlos. All right, there's...
boys. Good on you, De Nino. No Thanks for calling. Uh, nice to have a call from Sydney yep. on the Diego. That's my job, though, isn't it? To get people frustrated enough to get on the blower. But it's interesting about the attitudes towards Sydney. I mean, Sydney, you speak to people in, in, at, the, at the Sydney club, they think they're the biggest club in Australia. But they'll get twelve to 16,000 people to their games, right? They, they genuinely think they're the biggest club in Australia. But they don't prove it with numbers going to the games they, on they a regular can't. basis. They can't in terms of membership. Western Sydney Wanderers are bigger than them yep. in Sydney. Mm. I mean, no. Melbourne Victory is obviously the largest. But, uh, yep. geez, even Marie, who's a rusted-on Victory supporter, hi, guys, Sydney Derby's more exciting than the Melbourne Derby. So yeah. uh, for her to say that... Um, you know, well, Melbourne City have got to pull their weight right. for that, that's, our derbies that's... to become oh, but I as think big as see, Sydney. The shortfall will be happen. made up this year. I Tim Kay, and mm. let's coming off the Socceroos game, going into the derby, you'd probably expect he starts on the bench. Although I'd love no, John he'll play. You reckon he'll play from the start? Well, yeah, why not? He'll 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 demand to play, but from the start, I reckon Tim the pulling the pulling power of Tim Kale alone gets more Melbourne City fans there. And then hopefully builds that game up I'll t- into... I'll tell you what will get the excitement up. If Timmy scores against Japan this Tuesday yeah. coming, that'll just get some momentum up and people will want to go and see and He'll want to play wait, in that derby that. Oh, absolutely, from the start. From the start. And I yeah. don't know why you wouldn't. If, if the Sydney derby is bigger, is it because of just the, the rivalry, the, you know, the tension between no, the, the teams? I or, think it's bigger because the if they play it? at a 45,000 seat stadium, they'll fill it. I mean, our, our derbies don't always fill... You know, well, there's a better spread of supporters amongst both teams. Uh, yeah, you know, they're more so established. That, that's right. You're more established. There's reasons for it. I'm not saying that we're any weaker or anything oh, no, like that. No, I can't wait but, for the next week's derby. But I think right. as much as we love our derbies here, in pure numbers and, and the fact that their derbies get sold out every time, I think you've got to say, you know. And it'd be interesting if there was, if Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory are playing great football and they're, and they're you know, they're really exciting people. If they threw open the doors of the MCG, how many would you get to the Melbourne City Melbourne Victory Derby? Would it be sixty thousand or seventy thousand? I don't know. I'm not mm. sure whether you get that. It'd be very interesting. Mm. I mean, there's obviously been forty thousand, forty-five thousand. Yeah. So I think Tim Kale brings a different, yes. a different perspective. Yeah, it'd be very I think neutrals see... will come. You know, the De Ninos of the world. I think with Tim Kale playing against Melbourne Victory. Um, I think you get a lot more of those neutral fans. And I don't think you never know how many more you're going to get of the neutrals or just, you know, the theatre goers when you actually have a bigger stadium and you allow them to be able to get there in comfort without having to book a ticket online and all that sort of stuff. I don't get excited by theatre goers. They're no good to your theatre goers. No, but they They aren't. They end up. They come just for the one show and they don't. No, but if they like the first performance, they'll buy again. They're theatre goers for a reason. They won't come back again until something big happens. I want the people going every week. That's what I measure our sport on. Not by the theatre goers who rock up for some sexy game and then they, you don't see them again. The challenge for City, as, as it always has been, is to get people to stay. Now, I think that uh, with Super Tim in the lineup, given his capacity to really generate uh, interest on the park, I, th- I think he's so good at, at, at getting the boys to step up. I would like to think that City are just going to be that little bit hungrier and that little bit more consistent and a little bit more mentally tough when they need to be to to, to win the games that, that they're destined to win. And if they do that, then the theatre goers hopefully will convert yep. to, to regular players. But then you want him for another another season so you can just back it up a little bit. Yeah. 
about a minute to go before the break, but Australia and Saudi Arabia played a two-all draw overnight. Uh, well, this morning, uh, mm. Trent Sainsbury scored. Uh, well, first it was uh, Al Yassam scored in the fifth minute, got them off to a one-nil lead, and then Trent Sainsbury scored just before half time in the forty-fifth. Tommy Urich put Australia two-one in front, and then uh, Al Shamrani. Jeez, uh, he's a good player, isn't he? Um, in the seventy-ninth, he's minute, a spitter. Uh, Too broke, much latitude broke allowed. Our hearts. No. <laughs> uh, two-all in the end. Uh, it's Australia on seven points, as are Saudi Arabia now in Group B. Japan and the UAE are on six points. Uh, so it's pretty tight at the it's top. It's all tight all of a sudden, mate. And uh, then on Tuesday, Australia take on Japan. I'm going to that. So yep. are you, Warren. With Looking my family, Rodrigo. Yep, yes, so am I. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Looking forward to it. Can't wait for that. Uh, we'll talk about that on Wednesday night when we'll be back on Wednesday night. Hey, um, Tax Talk is one of our sponsors now. Dom and the team are a fantastic uh, team of accountants and uh, great professionals, and they pride themselves on getting to know their clients. And uh, give them a call on 1300 366 639. They'll look after you. Um, obviously, they'll, uh, they look to legally minimise taxation, increase profit and earnings, reduce operating costs and expenses, and build and protect wealth. That's what you want from your accountants. They've been around for over 30 years uh, and are one of uh, Victoria's longer-serving accountants. Tax Talk, Dom and the team, they'll look after you. one 639 Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sports. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Thanks for your company tonight. Coming up after Diego's, it's all-night appetite, uh, so make sure you stick around for that. Hey, um, just off the text messages, got a couple of minutes to go tonight, boys, after Melbourne Victory and Brisbane Raw got a point each tonight in the opener for the A-League season. Am I the only one that saw the handball just before the last free kick, Vinny? That's off the text message. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, so, yes, I thought you is. did. I did. I saw it, but... Um, mm. Yeah, a bit accidental, but uh, I did call it at the time, uh, but obviously the ref didn't see it that way. Um, obviously, we talked about Valeri. Did he deserve the three Alex Tobin votes tonight? We we kind of thought we were... I was a bit surprised that he got three votes, maybe but two. He never plays a game that really turns heads, but what, what he does, he's very valuable to his own team, and, and commentators often really appreciate some of the stuff he does that no one really notices. Yep. Work he, ethic, he, he had, Yeah, he had one of those. Yeah. He does about. a lot of things like he, he blocks the gaps yeah. uh, and, he, and he breaks down the play, which is not glamorous, but it's something that's really important to yeah. a team like Victory. Even the way where he positions himself yeah. is just amazing. That's right. No, fantastic to have him back. Uh, boys, I find it amazing that Victory continue to play their game with such a smug arrogance. I love watching them concede as a result. Cop that, Ross in Coburg. <laughs> there you go. It's clearly a Melbourne City supporter, you'd, you'd think. Um, they yeah. were up for it and physical at the start of this game, so the, the way that uh, yep. Raw muscled, muscled back into the game was also noteworthy. That's what, that's what actually impressed me about Raw. I thought uh, once they got over that first 10, 15 minutes, they actually played some really good football, yeah. and in the end they were very combative, and, uh, and we saw that in some of the tackles, that, you know, uh, whether they deserved more of a penalty, it's, it's arguable, but uh, I thought they were really, really... You know, up for the fight tonight. Just on that one, I think the yellow card should be harder to give out when the player has won already. I think refs normally do that. Anyway, let's. Uh, that's it for tonight's show. Thanks for your company. Thanks for your calls, your text messages. Really had fun tonight. We're back on Wednesday night, so remember, Carlos. Where are Puerto Rican girls hang out? We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever you Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their hand and balls at their feet. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.